right. You know, I'm so excited because we are starting the book of Judges. Pastor Chu and Pastor Jeffrey did an amazing overview last week. And I'm going to go into um, the book of Judges. You know, um, beginning of the year, we did the Joshua series. The Joshua series is like season two of the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, coming out of slavery. Then season two was so good when we did um, Joshua that we did Deuteronomy. We went back and did Deuter Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is like season one. And that covers, it's the last week of Moses' life and how it talks about how Moses prepared the Israelites to cross over. And now we are going to season three because season two, our season one, was so good, we are doing season three. And here comes Judges. Let me start Judges 1. Um, it, the passage is not on screen, so can I get all of us to turn to our Bibles? Yeah, can we turn to our Bibles in church? Yay! Um, so if you can turn to your Bibles, whether it's a digital or physical um, Bible, if you can turn to Judges 1, Chapter 1, verse 1, and I will start reading. If you're there, say yes. Wow, so good. You know, it's been a while since we need people to say yes when you find it. Amen. Let's go. Judges 1. After the death of Joshua, the Israelite asked the Lord, who will be first to go up and fight for us against the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah is to go. I have given the land into their hands. Then the men of Judah said to the Simeonites, their brother, come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We in turn will go with you into yours. So the Simeonites went with them. I'm going to stop there because this first part of um, Joshua caught, sorry, first part of Judges caught my attention. You know, Judges 1, it starts with saying, after the death of Joshua. Isn't this similar to something that we've read before? I don't know if you remember. Season 1. Season 1, which is not season 1, sorry. Season 2, but beginning of the year. When we started the book of Joshua, Joshua's, um, the book of Joshua starts with this, after the death of Moses. Here, we see an entire generation passing once again. Every generation has its, um, you know, has its elements. You know, every generation is different. We see in the first generation where Moses led the Israelites, they were in slavery, but how they went to the wilderness. The second generation of the Israelites was how Joshua most of them experienced the wilderness. They were, maybe they were born in the wilderness, but they experienced the wilderness, but they crossed over into the promised land. And so you see all the big battles was fought during Joshua's um, time. But here we come the leadership of the judges. Judges here are actually, um, judges are not white or black robe people that goes to court. They are not that kind of a judge, as Pastor Chu shared last week in the overview. They are actually military heroes or deliverers 
who God raised to lead the Israelites. And we see that in Judges 2, chapter 16, where it says, Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of the raiders. And so, you know, last week when Pastor Chu gave us the overview, he talked about this downward spiral. He talked that the whole book of Judges can be divided into conquest, compromise, and chaos. It's a downward spiral. How the people of Israel went downwards, conquest, um, compromise, and chaos. The generation led by the judges are actually a very different generation from that of Moses and Joshua. They actually deteriorated. How do we know that? In Judges 2, it says, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the land of, the inherit, of his inheritance at Timnah Harris in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaesh. After that, whole generation has been gathered to their fathers, which that, ho- that means that whole generation passed on. Another generation grew up. And this is the generation of the judges who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. They forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the people around them. They provoked the Lord to anger. Wow! An entire generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done. Something went wrong somewhere. You know, we have this famous um, senior pastor of a Malaysian church, very um, growing and dynamic church, um, called SIBKL. Woohoo! And the senior pastor of that church um, quotes this, or I quote him. You know, you have heard Pastor Chu say this many times. He says, We are one generation away from extinction. Wow, what a daunting thought. You know, everything that we build right now, all the love, the faith that we are building, is all just one generation away from it being nothing. So, you know, like literally this building, um, 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 all the events, you know, all that we are trying to do, it will die with you and me if we don't pass it to the next generation. Here in Judges, all it took is one generation. All it took is one generation. But hang on, wasn't it not too long ago, um, specifically beginning of the year, that we talked about how God told the Israelites to pass it from one generation to the other? And that is so true. In Joshua chapter 4, it, you know, just not too long ago, it actually says, Joshua set up at Gilgal 12 stones that they had taken out of Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their father, what does this stone mean? Tell them. So God told the Israelites, tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. We have a miracle-working God. Not just that. For the Lord your God dried up Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to Jordan what He had done to the Red Sea. Two generations 
of miracle when he dried it up before us until we cross over on dry land. He did this so that all the people on the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Wow! One generation ago, God clearly said, tell, you know, there are 12 stones that is there to commemorate the miracles that God has done for the Israelites. And yet, just one generation away, the judges' generation grew up who neither knew God nor what He has done. What happened? What happened? You know, I remember in Sabah, when I went to Sabah for a mission trip, um, that there's this specific mission trip where there was an older guy that actually led us in that trip. And he told us he is part of the Taginambur revival in Sabah. And so we got excited and he started relaying to us what happened, the meetings that they have, how God just sweep through the miracles that happened. And it was interesting because on that table, his grandson was seated there. And his grandson actually told us, wow, this is so exciting. This is the first time I'm hearing my grandfather told of this revival story. It was interesting also because in, when we went to Sarawak, the same was said. You know, the young people actually don't know the story of the Barrio or Bakalalan revival, S-I-B-K-L is a revival church. We have experienced revival, but the, sca- or the daunting thought is there is the young generation that is growing up not hearing these revival stories. I mean, so, you know, I just want to do a quick promotion. Our missions weekend is coming up first week of October, and we have a next generation revivalist coming to speak to us. She's coming for, to speak in the Power Conference as well, Life Gen's Conference, and also in church. She is a very rare next generation who has caught the fire of revival and still run, keeping that baton, baton and running that race. And so join us first week of October where we have Pastor Rachel Bulan, the daughter of Solomon Bulan, who was part of the Barrio Revival, joining us. Um, so, yep. Just a quick promo, but coming back, you know, it is so important that we must sow into our next generation what God has done. You know, how many of us, our children actually have not heard our salvation story, how we accepted Christ? You know, I want to encourage all of you, go home this week, tell your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews, Find whatever next generation that you can find and tell them how you came to know God. What are some of the stories that you have in encountering God? The miracles that you have seen happen? Some of these experiences that you have encountered. You know, the next generation needs fathers and mothers, the older generation, to tell them. If not, the next generation can grow up who neither know the Lord nor what He has done for our families. What a thought. And that's how Judges starts. But I'm going to move on. 
You know, Judges goes on, as you look at Judges 1, again and again, you will find that the Israelites compromised. They compromised. I'm going to break it down to three areas that um, they compromised um, as I go through the whole of Judges 1. They compromised their belief, they compromised their behavior, and they compromised their boundaries. They compromised their belief. How did they compromise their belief? In Judges 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, Who will be the first to go up and fight for us against the Canaanites? So they inquired of God, and this is good. So they did start with some sort of inquiry from the Lord before they knew neither the Lord or um, what he has done. They did inquire. The Lord answered them, Judah is to go. I have given the land into their hands. But this is where the problem started. Right at the start of Judges, God said, Judah, you go. And God said, Judah, I have given you the land. But at verse 3, just one verse down, this is where Judah said, you know, Judah went to Simeonite, their brother, and said, hey, you come with me. Lah. Um, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. You fight for me, then when it's your turn, I will fight for you. But you think God don't know the 12 tribes of Israel, man? You know, God didn't say, Judah and Simeon go. He said, Judah, you go. But doesn't this sound a little familiar? I don't know about you, but when I read this, does it sound familiar? Season 1, Moses, when Moses was asked by God, he had the burning bush experience. God told him, go to Pharaoh, ask for, let my people go, let the people of Israel go. Then Moses came up with all the excuses in the world. Why it's not him? Why he shouldn't? He's not good. He stammers. He this, he that. Then God said, I ah, okay, la, you, you know, give so many excuses. Bring your brother, Aaron. But you see, the mistake of the previous generation, if we don't correct it, will go to the next generation, but it gets worse. Moses at least inquired of God. Moses inquired of God and wrestled it with God. When it came to Judah, Judah didn't even wrestle it with God. He went straight to his brother, the Simeonites, and got them to come, let's go together. And that's what happens. History repeats itself. We need to correct the wrong or not it will get worse. God said, Judah, you go. Judah brought the Simeonites. Then God also said, I have given you the land. I have given you the land. But you'll find they started conquering in the subsequent verses. But very soon in verse 9, when they hit their first block, they saw iron chariots. Charm. The iron chariots totally 
um, help them and they said they can't drive them out but God said I have given the land into your hands what happened you know the iron chariots pastor Jeremy expounded a little bit on the iron chariots I want to encourage you go back to yesterday's sermon he preached a really good sermon on Joshua sorry Judges 1 as well so do check that out and he expounded on iron chariots but you see victory is sure when you start to compromise your belief you will start to give excuses why they have iron chariots you know God I know you are able but I'm not able uh, I, I cannot uh, I, I don't know how to do this God I know you have called me but maybe not me uh, maybe someone else or we do it together can or not God and you know better still the Israelites right said God told them drive out the people you know it sounds a bit wow how come I need to drive out all these people God you're so evil right imagine this in a business if you have acquired a building and now you need to take over this building but there are people that is residing in the building and the previous company might have different culture a different culture you need to drive out these people in order for you to take over this building and that's what God called the Israelites to do you have acquired this building this is the promised land you need to drive out all the tenants that is in this building and now you take um, residence but they say huh drive out ah why not we make them slaves why not we make them slaves they be capitalists and opportunists and make the most of it but this is where you know the enemy has a foothold this is where it's like sin when there is sin in our lives and we do not drive them out completely we feel some parts of the sin is like iron chariots we don't know how to move this they are so fortified they are so strong that this part in my life I just have no way to 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 you know to to to, to make a better make it more and you'll find the enemy takes more and more ground in our lives you know the word compromise is defined I, I searched it out it's decided to accept standards that are lower than desirable to accept standards that is lower than desirable. when we compromise our belief we are accepting standards that is lower than desirable God has spoken but when we find it hard to trust God in what he tells us we find that our faith and our trust and our belief spirals down like that picture that pastor Chu shared with us more and more doubt sets in and we accept standards that are far lower than what is desirable don't compromise do not compromise strengthen your belief let's read this together can we read this sentence together ready one two three do not compromise strengthen your belief now turn to the person next to you tell them do not compromise strengthen your belief you know in season two joshua in the book of joshua 
the Israelites did so well. You know, season one, when they came out of Egypt, there was slavery, they were murmuring, there was a lot of things. The 11-day journey to the Canaan, Canaan took them 40 years. So they didn't start off very well. But when the Joshua generation took on, they did very well. Season two. And how we see season three, everything deteriorated, right? So we want to learn from season two what God said to Joshua when they were facing the very same thing God told them to take the land. What did God say to them? In Joshua 1 verse 6, it says, Be strong. Sorry, let me go back there. Yep. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to your forefathers to give them. Do you know in order not to compromise, we must be strong? It is the weak that compromises. It is when we feel we are weak in certain areas that we find we don't have the strength to fight it, then we compromise. Here, God clearly says, be strong and courageous. Don't compromise. Okay, that one I add in, okay? <laughs> you will inherit the land. God has given us the victory. All we need to do is claim it. Do you know you have victory over sin? That sin in your life that you feel is such a stronghold, you already have the victory. You need to know that. But you need to be strong and courageous. When we are weak, the enemy gains more and more ground. You know, and so when sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes we, the moment we hear a bad news, our faith is shaken. You know, sometimes we can get a medical report and we feel, oh God, all these years I have been serving you. You know, basically our faith can crumble. Um, and when we, when we, you know, sometimes we face a crisis Sometimes there goes our faith once again. When we hit a roadblock in our life, you know, things are going to... And then, oh, we encounter a challenge. We find our faith is um, compromised once again. You know, I, I'm going to share a story with you. A few years ago, quite, quite a number of years ago, I had an injury. Um, and this story is actually not of my faith or my belief, but it's my mother's belief. Um, so I had a fall. We were in church. I was working um, and uh, we were having our staff demotion. Long story short, um, someone came to take my blood, but instead of, because I have my meeting going on, so I wanted to do it fast. So I stood up while taking blood and I have this fear of needles and blood. Really, it's, it's bad. I fainted a few times and sure enough, Champion, lah, stand up some more. Already scared as champion. Don't know what I'm thinking, right? But I want to do it fast. I need to go back to my meeting. Um, I took blood. I was on the way to let the guy out. I literally fell. Poo, lost consciousness. Pong! Apparently, Pastor Chiu and the staff team was in the office. They heard a loud boom. They all came out to see what happened. There was me on the floor, total unconscious, and that nurse, right? That's like... Uh, what's going on? Of course, they let him out. Um, and they sent me to the emergency straight away. I lost total consciousness. 
and um, it was a very crazy time because uh, I had concussion, internal bleeding, hemorrhage, um, and they did a scan. It was an 8 cm big internal bleeding blood clot in the head. 8 cm, that's our head is not that big. Huh? Um, my mom just came back from America. So literally, she is so happened, came back from America from the uh, airport. She went to the hospital straight away. And that was where, you know, um, I actually didn't have consciousness because like movies, right? What I saw is like, you, you blank out and then suddenly got like a big flashlight come and you see like, wow, got people like rummaging and all that. And suddenly, you pengsan again. And after that, you open your eyes, another white, bright light, and there are some people, you don't know who is it, you hear some sounds, and you pengsan again. Okay, so, so that was my version of the story. Physically, what happened, Pastor Chiu can tell you more because he had more consciousness than me. Um, I was in the hospital. I'm very active, and, you know, especially when, in my young days, right? I literally was jumping on like, don't know, like the, the, they wanted to x-ray me. I was jumping in that whole x-ray room. They couldn't catch me. They had to sedate me. I don't know how they sedate me. Maybe poof, like, poof. <laughs> I don't know how they did it, okay? Uh, because I was jumping around. They literally had to yank me down, sedate me and all that. But the key thing is my mom came and they were saying her blood clot is 8 centimeter big. She has to go for an operation immediately, drill two holes in my skulls and drain the blood out because she will die in 24 hours if, because it's already at 8 cm big and the blood will only, you know, when you hit yourself, the blood will only flow more. It won't stop yet. My mom said no. Her belief in God had to come first. But the doctor was like, she's going to die. Your daughter is going to die. But this is the faith of my mom. She said, my God comes first. We will not do this operation yet. We will pray first. Doctor is like, no time. Tonight, we will pray, then we make a decision. Whoa, it was prayer altar that night, I remember. It was a Tuesday night. The entire church prayer altar was praying for my life. I don't know whether they got any other prayer focus that night. Once again, I was unconscious, right? I was in happy land. Well, <laughs> they were all fighting for my life. They prayed and they prayed. The next day, you normally cannot do a CAT scan within a short time. You need like a three-month gap. I, I don't know what the, the doctors will know, right? You need a longer period. But in that 48 hours, they did another scan and the blood clot reduced 50%. Wow. Praise God. I didn't need a surgery. Not only that, after a few months when I did go back for a scan, it was 100% gone. You know, we have a great God. We have such a mighty God when we strengthen our belief in Him, a miracle can happen. I'm going to move to my second point. You know, um, so don't compromise. Strengthen your belief. The Israelites, as we look at Judges 1, 
they also compromise their behavior because you know when we compromise our belief the next thing that comes is our actions will all change our actions will need to be compromised in verse 4 it actually says um, the Israelites attacked a place called Bezek and they fought against this man called Adonai Bezek Adonai means Lord um, that's why we call God one of the names of God is also Adonai because it, it means Lord in the Hebrew word Adonai Bezek so he is the Lord of Bezek he's the king of Bezek so what happened is the Israelites chased him down caught him and then chopped off his thumb and toes Pastor Chu warned y'all this is an adult book so it's a little bit gory but yes they chopped off their thumb and toe what's the significance of them chopping off their thumb and toe it is actually a practice of the land that's why you actually don't hear the Israelites ever needing to chop off anyone's thumb or toe before but it was the Canaanites practice where when they want to humiliate and um, um, incapacitate a captive you know someone that they catch they chop off their thumb so that they cannot uh, hold a bow or weld a sword um, they chop off their toe toe actually give balance no matter what you can't run fast so you're literally no good as a um, uh, as a warrior as a soldier if you have your thumb and toe chopped off but the thing is it is a practice of the land God didn't say hey you know did land uh, they have really good battle strategy let's use what the land used no God said, I will deliver the land to you. And you see in the Joshua season two, Joshua's generation, every strategy, God gave them amazing strategy, how they took Jericho, how they walked, marched around the walls. The, God has his strategies. Battles and battles that has been won many times didn't require us to adopt strategies of the land you know sometimes this this can be said of us sometimes we go into social media we look at what is the biggest trends that is going on and we take that on yeah this is the most happening trend wow i see everyone doing this uh. i think we also need to put up pictures that is doing this you know sometimes we forget to inquire of the lord we forget to ask god hey in this season what we're going through what is the strategy that i need Instead of Google search, you know, actually now, the biggest God that we have, uh, everything is Google search. When you have a medical problem, what's the first thing? Google search. When you have a child's problem, you know, like where do you send your kids to study? Google search. Everything, you know, business problem, definition that you're not sure of, Google search. I mean, a lot of things that we Google search. Nothing wrong with that. But how much more do we ask of God in our life? You know, that is, God has the strategy and God wants to give us His strategy. But we need to inquire of Him. So here, as we see them, um, they compromise their behavior because they took on um, the behavior of the land. When we compromise our behavior, death could be right. Oh, what happened is because in verse 7, you find this guy, Adonai Bezak, right? His thumb and toe got chopped off. But his response is like, wow. His response was like, oh, 
I also chopped off the thumb and toes of 70 kings. And so it's payback time. It's like that. Lah. Gosh, you see what the standards of the world does to us when we see everyone is also doing that. I also do that. So ayah, God don't bless me so much. Understand. Lah. Hey, death can be right at our doorstep. You know what dies? Our soul dies. Our emotion dies to certain things and we find it hard to get excited of things of God. Why? Because something has died but we don't even realize it and we just feel, yala, it's payback. No, don't accept that. Do not compromise. Strengthen your behavior. Tell the person next to you, do not compromise. Strengthen your behavior. So we want to look at Joshua. What does he say? What does Joshua 1 say about this? In Joshua 1, it says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. God has given us the laws of the Lord. What's the laws of the Lord? It's the Ten Commandments. Do you know every single legal system in the world right now has the Ten Commandments as their base? What is this? You know, you shall not have other gods, don't make idols, um, do not use the Lord's name in vain, remember the Sabbath, honour your father, mother, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not covet. It is very basic. But this is very critical. Do you know why? If you follow this, you will be successful everywhere you go. Wherever you go, you will have success. God is not just giving us a rule list of do's and don'ts. He's telling us, strengthen our behavior. We need to strengthen our belief. We need to strengthen our behavior. And the third thing, we need to strengthen our boundaries. Because as we see in Jude, Judges 1, you know, the, this is what we tell all our people, most of our leaders knows this. When you do any word study, any book study, you look at what is the most repeated word. In Judges 1, the most repeated word here is they did not drive out the people. In verse 19, it says, unable to drive out the people. Verse 27, it says Manasseh, what another tribe, did not drive out the people. Then in 28, it says Israel became strong, but they were unable to drive out the people completely. 29, Ephraim cannot drive out the people. 13, Zebulun cannot drive out the people. Asher cannot drive out the people. Naphtali cannot drive out the people. It goes like the list just goes all the different tribes that cannot drive out the people. God gave them clear instructions. Where did God give them the instructions? In Deuteronomy, right? Deuteronomy 7, God says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations. You need to drive them all out. The Hittite, Gergeshite, Amorite, Canaanite, Parasite, Kibite, Jebusite. Oh, I did it. Seven nations larger and stronger than you. God didn't say, hey, drive out this small kuchifrai. He said, drive out seven nations, bigger and stronger than you. 
And when the Lord your God has delivered them to you, you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. Make no treaty with them and show them no mercy. Once again, it's like that building, you have acquired it. It is yours. Make no treaty with the people that take over. It's yours. You have acquired it. God clearly gives instructions the instructions to the Israelites to possess the land and drive them out, destroy them, because God will deliver. But yet here, you see in Judges, the most repeated word, cannot drive out the people, cannot drive out. They compromise their boundaries. They compromise their boundaries. When we allow, when we compromise our boundaries, we allow the enemy to gain ground, to gain ground. What are the boundaries in our lives that we have compromised maybe? Is being too close with the opposite gender when we know we have our wife at home and you know, um, you're not supposed to be so close with someone. Maybe it's the opposite gender. Um, works both ways. You know, you have your husband at home and probably shouldn't be so close with someone. Maybe it's honesty. You feel it's just a little white lie. No harm. I'm not doing any harm. And you end up being a compulsive liar. And you know it yourself. You hate it yourself. But you have compromised that boundary. Maybe it is certain values. Maybe it is even coming to church. Sometimes we feel, ah, yeah, it's just one weekend. God still loves me. We just compromise that little bit. But every time we compromise, the enemy gain ground, gain more and more ground. And, you know, it's interesting because in verse 34 and 35, it says, not only did the Israelites not drive out the people, right? The Amorites actually managed to push one of the tribes, the Danites, to the hill country. You know, when we compromise our boundaries, what is rightfully ours, we can lose it. The Danites lost what is rightfully theirs. They were driven out. That's why it's so important. Do not compromise. Strengthen your boundaries. Do not compromise, strengthen your boundaries. Come, let's say this together. Ready? One, two, three. Do not compromise, strengthen your boundaries. The most repeated word in Judges 1 is they did not drive out the people. But the most repeated word in Joshua 1 is be strong and courageous. Can we read this last uh, passage together? Ready? One, two, three. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wow. You know, we, sometimes we compromise our boundaries because we're terrified. We, we are fearful what people think of us. You know, how, how would this person say, you know, so much so that sometimes people don't even know we're Christians. Why? Because we have compromised our boundaries. Um, you know, uh, my, my kids sometimes will find out like um, so-and-so is a Christian, like, oh, they're from school and they suddenly find out, oh, 
they actually come to church and they're like, that person is a Christian. Ah. You know, they say things like that. I mean, because they, they, they f- even my kids know that Christians should have certain values. But they're like, Mommy, they say bad words, one or? You know, kids are kids, but I wonder how do we look as adults as well? Do people know we are actually different? You know, sometimes there are a lot of people that will say a lot of things about the government. Ooh, we're going sensitive topic here. I mean, but yeah, the government is like that, they, this and that. Um, but, you know, God, all, all authority is God's authority. Um, I, I'm, I'm quoting scripture here. <laughs> I am not just saying, yeah, I, all, all authority is God's authority. Um, check me out. Search it out. And sometimes the government that's over us, the authority that's over us, we need to speak life into our government. We need to speak life into our nation. But yet we as children of God, we've compromised our boundaries. We have allowed the enemy to gain ground by us joining in to condemn this nation. No, don't do that. Don't compromise. Strengthen your boundaries. So as I come to an end, you know, really today, I feel God reminding us, don't compromise. Strengthen your belief. Don't compromise. Strengthen your behaviour. Don't compromise. Strengthen your boundaries. Because what God started telling Judah, you go. S-I-B-K-L, you go. Because I have given this land to you. You know, God has given us the victory. Don't compromise. Don't compromise. All it takes is that little bit and it grows. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I, I want to just close this time right now. But I want to pray for some of you. But let's allow God's presence to just fill us right now and allow Him to just rest upon us. Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father. Lord Jesus, you know each and every one of us here. We have all compromised. I have compromised whether big or small, in one way or another. But Lord, right now, I pray the love of God that brings no condemnation, there is no condemnation in this place. You will just fill us right now, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I pray that your presence will just take hold of us right now. You know, I want to give a call to pray for two groups of people here today. One group is you feel weak. You feel like you have compromised in some area of your life because you are weak. It could even be, right? You're so weak and just pushed down by circumstances that you feel like you can't even worship anymore. You you, you don't even have the strength to worship. I mean, you can mouth some words in the song. But you have lost your worship.
to God. And I just feel God say, He wants to strengthen you today. He wants to strengthen you once again. Because He wants you to sing once again. He wants that song, that worship to rise once again. You know, it, it could be in any other area of just weakness. You feel you have a certain habit and you feel weak in that area. Be strong and courageous. I want you to respond to the altar. Come forward. You feel maybe it's, it could be even your family, whatever it is. You are weak in that area. You're weak in speaking life, in saying good things. You end up saying, you know, terrible things about people in, at work, at home. You don't want to say these words, but you find you're weak in that and you end up saying the worst things to people and you feel terrible about it. I just feel God's presence is here and He wants you to respond. That's the first group of people. The second group of people is you feel that you have lost what is rightfully yours. It belongs to you. But you've lost it. It could be your children. You know, you've, you've maybe compromised your boundaries. You've compromised certain things. And of course, you know, I remember quite a few years ago, there was a man when I was a campus pastor, because I was a campus pastor, but there was a man that called me up, um, a, a father, and said, Pastor Lindy, can you please invite my son back to church? Um, and I said, oh, sure, I, I can. He said, because in his Form 5 year, he asked the son not to go to church, study. So the whole year, the son didn't go to church. After that, the son didn't go to church anymore. And it is, he's in college right now, totally away from God because they've compromised their boundaries. And they've allowed certain things of the world, good as it may seem, to rob them of certain things that is rightfully theirs. Salvation. Don't trade off what is temporal here on earth for what is eternal. There are a lot of things that is rightfully yours and you need to claim it back today. And I want you to respond to that because God is wanting to give you back. That belongs to you. But now, you have to come back before God. Yes, Lord, me. And yes, Lord, I will take the land. These two categories of people, whatever it is that you feel you have lost, there are pastors and leaders. If you're a leader and you don't need prayer, can I encourage you to come forward to just help minister to the people? We're going to worship again. And I want to invite you forward and just respond to God. Thank you, Jesus. Don't let the enemy have more ground. I feel God is nudging some of you. Don't let it pass. Respond to God. Respond to God. Even those in the balcony, I know it might be a far journey. There is some pastors up there as well that will pray for you. Respond to God. Not just what I said, but God. Respond to what God is wanting to claim back in your life. Thank you, Jesus. For the rest of us, I just feel if I can encourage you to lift up your hands. Because I just feel in this place, even though we might not be weak right now or have that area that we want to claim back, 
but every one of us have compromised in one way or another. And let's ask God for strength right now. As ministry, if you need to rest, come forward. Take that step of faith to come forward. Don't let the enemy take more ground. But for the rest of us, can I invite you right now to just say a prayer to God and ask Him to give you strength, in, especially in that area where you feel you have that chance to compromise. And ask God to strengthen you. Oh Lord, we want to be strong and courageous. Oh Jesus, come Lord Jesus and strengthen this church so that it is an army that is right, that will rise up. Not, it's not a valley of dry bones. Let this not be a valley of dry bones, Lord Jesus. Let this be an army that has the breath of God in them that will rise up to take hold of your kingdom purposes. Oh, Lord Jesus, we just take hold of our families for you, Lord Jesus. We take hold of our workplace for you, Lord Jesus. We take hold of the values that everyone holds. Lord Jesus, right now, Lord Jesus, even with these hands lifted up to you, we pray that you will strengthen, Lord Jesus. Strengthen every person here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. More of you, Lord Jesus. We want more of you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Let me just say a blessing over you. And while ministry is still going on in front, if you have prayer, please do continue to come forward and, and someone will come to you soon. I know we have a lot of people responding, but there are enough leaders. But let me just say a blessing over all of you before we release you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you are Almighty God, that you are our good God. And that you are here, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, even as today we come before you, Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, in this area of compromise, you know, Lord Jesus, our weakness, you know, the challenge that is before us. Lord, I pray that you will strengthen our belief right now, Lord Jesus. Let us not doubt even when we face the greatest challenge. Lord, strengthen our behavior right now. And Lord Jesus, you strengthen our boundaries. Lord, let not the enemy push us back, but Lord, we push back the enemy that he will have no hope, that we make no treaty with the enemy. So Lord Jesus, thank you, Father, for this day. I pray, Lord Jesus, even right now that your blessing would go before every single person that's here, Lord Jesus, so that everything that they put their hands to this week, in this coming season, that you will prosper the work of their hands and you give them comfort to know and as your word said in Joshua that you will be with them everywhere they go as they are strong and courageous and you will make them succeed in everything that they do so we claim that we take hold of that Lord Jesus thank you Father and may the love of our Father the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us today and the, the weeks to come. Thank you, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.